0: It's an E3 edition of the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Wednesday, June 17th, 2015. Almost almost that summer. Five more days. Four more. Woo! Alongside Ian Ferguson, I'm Pat Contrary. Coming up on the show today, like we just spoke about, we're going to have E3 news from Microsoft uh, talking about uh, the backwards compatibility, finally, for the 360 on the Xbox One. We'll talk about the Rare Replay Pack. From Sony, The Last Guardian, shockingly announced to come in 2016, the Shemu 3 Kickstarter, the Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I'll be talking about a modern game, maybe a little bit, Ghost Recon, Wildlands. And then from Nintendo, lots of news like Star Fox Zero, Super Mario Maker, Earthbound Beginnings. Is Nintendo dying? Is the Wii U over? And then also we'll be talking about Nintendo World Championships, the Museum of Play, and their first entries into the Video Game Hall of Fame as well as the Mega Man Digital Collection uh, coming out. Before all that, though, we got to pay the bills, and we have a sponsor. We have a sponsor? we got a sponsor. After, we, nearly, after nearly two years. We tricked someone into sponsoring us, yeah. Um, so, y- Loot Crate. What is Loot Crate? I, I like Loot Crate. I like the concept. It is a box that it, comes to you in the mail with a theme. It's a subscription-based. Yes. It's usually geek and gaming-related correct there's a theme each month uh, they've had Covert which was like uh, spy gear stuff uh, they've had uh, Unite which was like comic book and superhero theme that just happened they had Fantasy, Fantasy Game of Thrones and uh, Harry Potter and they've, stuff they've, like had, that. they've had they've had like 8-bit retro game theme one month and usually you get a t-shirt I think you always get a t-shirt so far I've always got a t-shirt and then you get a bunch of little goodies uh, as well and so you, you pay the subscription fee and every month you get it and you get a, a little magazine sometimes you get a comic book Um and uh, it's worth it for the price I think I think it's
1: worth it. Uh, My my wife gets them actually and uh, she's she's been quite happy with them. And you know the thing is is you always wonder well is it going to you know is it always going to be um you know in my wheelhouse the theme? But you know if it's if if there's ever things that you get in there that you don't think you use, there's actually a pretty large trading community for people who will trade things from certain loot crates for things from other older Loot Crates oh, okay. and, and whatnot. And, and basically, any of this stuff, you know, if, if, if you don't like it, it's also stuff that you can use to, like I said, trade with people who don't have Loot Crates or people who have older Loot Crates and things like that.
0: Oh, very cool. So, yeah, so it's Loot Crate. If you want to subscribe and show your support for the CU Podcast, uh, use URL, com slash podcast and use promo code FRANK, and you can save, uh, you save, I think... I think it's uh, at least two dollars. It's about two dollars you save every for every month of the subscription, and you can. I think you can do it for one month, three months, or a year, and then the, I think the longer you sign up for, the, the bigger the discount you get. So yeah, see uh, you podcast. LootCrate.com slash see you podcast promo code Frank, and then hopefully you enjoy your loot crate. Back so, to
1: your regularly scheduled program.
0: So, Ian, what's going on in, uh, in your neck of the woods? Uh well I mean I like your I like your Dig Dug shirt by the way.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I was wearing my Driller one by the same artist yesterday. I like to keep I like to represent the family uh, uh in order. So anyway, anyways, we're we're respecting our elders today. Dig do the yeah. next generation. Yesterday was the young buck. Um in my life, I uh, just working on stuff like work and other things that we work on. Um, my, I don't know if I talked about it last time, if I did, uh, my, my current obsession is still Mahjong, and I'm, uh, I'm very close to memorizing all the hands, and the more you play it, the more you realize it's a mixture of poker and rummy, and it's really interesting when you get into, like, the mind games and stuff as to how you play and know what to discard, and what you should be going for, uh more similar to poker than i ever expected it to be really but yeah that's 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 fairly fun uh now would I, will i ever actually find a real game to play with some probably not because it requires four people who know uh incredibly complicated rules um but hey i've got tons of cheap mahjong games that i can now play
0: that sounds fantastic Ian. i'm so proud
1: of I you i found a mario based one at book off the other day book off book off is that a website I, it's no book off is a store in san diego that sells like Use books and whatnot, but
0: they also have a lot of imports, so Japanese things. We should we should give them as a sponsor.
1: We, we, we sell should. it, anyways. Whatever. Sell it to them. I, uh, yeah. So, so we
0: we're gonna be uh we're gonna be at Too Many Games in Oaks, Pennsylvania next weekend. That's oh, the twenty yes, sixth through the twenty eighth, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're gonna have uh, we both have two different uh, panels. I'm gonna have a Pat the NS Punk panel on Saturday. Ian's gonna have a pinball panel on Sunday, and then we're gonna do a podcast panel. We're not entirely sure of the format yet, but that panel is going to be on Friday afternoon, and plus we'll be uh, throwing bows and signing autographs and meeting you guys if you come out. And uh, snoozing is, by the ice machine, wearing the bucket on my head. There's also there's also a way to, to show your support for us there uh, to sign up, uh, but I do not have that link handy right now. But I will if you go on the thepunkeffect.com, I'll have the link below if you want to get last minute uh, tickets. So, uh, yeah, and I also have another big announcement that will be coming out soon for a, a book project. and I'm waiting on the timing, uh, but I'll probably announce that relatively soon. If not, hell maybe it for this podcast if I feel like it. So, we had E3, the Electronics Expo of Engineering. I think that's the name of it. I so that's not the name of it.
1: Electronic Entertainment Exposition. There you go. Jesus Christ.
0: Does anyone ever say exposition anymore or it's just expo? Exposition. I think mean it's just expo. Exposition has been used in any you know probably since the World's Fair right in 1902. You know,
1: to the guy who asked me if I was
0: advertising for Canada Dry last week, last time
1: it swept this time.
0: Anyways, <laughs> no, see, uh, a smart podcast wouldn't freely advertise. They would, they would, uh, you know, try to cull that sort of that money from advertisers. Um, so we had obviously E3 last year. We did an E3 special. We, we huddled together, I think, for a special podcast, and, and so we'll go basically in the order: uh, Microsoft. Uh, we won't talk about the Hololens too much. I don't think there's enough information out there. It could be interesting. It could be nothing. I'm not. On the past, like I said, I'm not sold on VR. I think VR is not going to be a huge, huge thing. I think it's always going to be a gimmick when it comes to gaming. I think. So we'll I think there was
1: one big thing that they announced, um, and I have. I actually have some pretty mixed feelings about it, and they're not. 100% positive they're definitely not all positive here um, so Microsoft's big big thing that I think they announced for most people was they announced backwards compatibility which uh, for Xbox 360 games being playable on the Xbox One a year and a half into the system's life right so I'm getting there Um, so immediately everyone's like, yay, because, you know, if Sony announced that, I'd be like, yay, I don't have to hook my PS3 up, and I do have these games I want to play. In theory, that's not a bad thing, right? Well, except for the except for, you have to look at it a couple of ways. Um, this is a year and a half into the system, as you announced. And had they announced this, had they done this two to four months in? It would have been a much bigger deal, and it would have made a lot more sense. Okay, now they announced it when the console launched. Yes. A year and a half in, uh, we shouldn't be focusing on your machine's ability to play games from a generation ago. You should be focusing on the stuff that makes people want to buy your system for its ability to play new things in, t- in the future. Now, I'm not saying backwards compatibility is a bad thing. I just think the timing of that announcement is very strange. It, it, it seems like you're focusing on a backwards thing there. Well, well Backwards compatibility. They're to be
0: focusing on the fact that, obviously, the Xbox One sales, have, that they have picked up nowhere near what the 360 sales were at this right. point in time into that, that system's uh, life. So maybe they're trying to, I don't know, breed more goodwill? I think that's what they're trying to do, but it's going to be tough because...
1: So how the backwards compatibility is working, to my understanding, is that you put the game disc in, and it re-downloads a, a version of that game from the system or from the network to trick the system into thinking that it's an Xbox One game while the actual game is right, being read off the disc in an Xbox 360 mode. What this means is is your backwards compatibility especially right now if you look at the list is very limited. We're talking like some digital titles and a whole lot, like some very like early launch titles you would think digital titles would be automatic, so why right. wouldn't it be? So what, what What? this means is Microsoft doesn't have the rights to a lot of these old titles anymore. They're not going to be able to get all these Star Wars games that were on the 360, or even anything third-party is not guaranteed. Why would they need the rights to be to
0: able to play the game? Because the you're system?
1: not just playing the game off the disc. You have to download new code related to the game to play it on the
0: Xbox One. So it's not even like a 360 emulator on an Xbox One.
1: Well, it is, but it also requires something on the Xbox One side in a download, and it's not like a patch. A- it's It's actual new code, because it's a very complicated process. So they oh, would nice. actually need new stuff. They would need permission, essentially, I'm guessing, from these other companies to <sighs> make this actually happen. So what... Here's my thinking on, on backwards compatibility. I had a backwards compatible 80 gig PS3. Okay, that was the first one I got. I got it from Luna. I got home, popped a game in, game didn't work. Popped another game in, it worked. Popped a third game in, it worked, but it was buggy as shit. And I said, "Fuck this! I'll just hook up my 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 uh, PS2 if I want to sure. play PS2 games." And I got and I I exchanged my 80 gig one for uh you know a slimline one that only played PS3 games. If the backwards compatibility isn't one hundred percent or close to it, to me that doesn't matter. I'd rather just I'd rather just keep the old system around and use that because I'm, if I'm still gonna have to pull the old system out to play certain games anyways, then that doesn't mean a whole lot to me.
0: Um, I've, looks like uh, via IGN when when it comes out, it'll be over. What is this? Over a hundred hundred titles that will be able to be backwards compatible. Okay. Publishers will need to get their permission for games to work. This is yeah. This is right. They will is, need to get this the is, publisher's this is permission. This is absolutely ridiculous. There are
1: people. There are publishers who aren't around anymore. So look, I'm not trying to shit in anyone's pasta. There's, but, o- um,
0: there's only there's only about 25 titles right now. Right now,
1: yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to be a, a Debbie Downer or any of that. But it really this.
0: They're they're they're,
1: they're deceiving you. They're, yeah. They're,
0: this 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 isn't. This isn't a three. If this was a three sixty emulator, there was no reason for they, they would need permission again. This is this, right. is, this is this is something cobbled together. Yes. This is cobbled together, like you said, with Xbox One code to make it cobbled
1: work. Cobbled together so bad that they need publishers' permission to do it because they need new code to make these things work. So you're not going to see a lot of the games that you want to see on there. You will see your Microsoft exclusives and your first-party titles. So you're going to see your Rare titles, your Microsoft titles, and maybe select others.
0: Because it, why would third-party publishers do this? Especially if maybe their games for sale on the Xbox One or PS4. They'd be like, no. Yeah, they're not going to get anything. We're losing out on sales. Yeah. Or maybe they'll have to pay... Or maybe they'll demand money from Microsoft in order to give the code up right? which would make Microsoft not want to do it so some of the games, we're not going to go through all of them but uh, some of the bigger ones I guess uh, Alien, Alien Hominid HD that's download title, I don't think it was ever on a disc it's here, Banjo yeah, Kazooie, Banjo Tooie Battle Block Theater which also were downloads
1: that's the weirdest fucking thing, these the are downloads spread.
0: Geometry Wars Evolved Hexic HD Jetpack Refuel Downloads! Is uh, the first party one. Mass Effect. Just the first. There you one. go. I don't see. And,
1: and then cameos on there. I know that's disc I don't see
0: Mass Effect 2 or 3 on here yet. Uh, Perfect Dark, Perfect Dark Zero. Those were downloads, correct? Per, uh, Perfect Dark Zero is not. Perfect Dark was. Okay. Uh, Super Meat Boy. Download. Download. Toy Soldiers. Download. Uh, Viva Pinata. Disc based. T- close then to then launch This will be a popular one. Zuma. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo! So this sounds like. I. I hope once I hope did they reveal at the at E3 conference the list in front of people. No. <laughs> I, I love to see the cheer and be like just what though? You know, like what's going on? It's I don't know, it's a mess. Um something was
1: announced at the Microsoft press conference that I did sort of impress me. Um Rare is really I'm not even a huge fan of Rare, but we know Rare, your, we know your hatred of Rare. Rare. yeah, that's that's well known, <laughs> that's especially if you especially if you've watched the Nintendo marathons. Um rare made some garbage back in the day but rare is releasing a replay pack on xbox one for 30 bucks with 30 games on it that's a dollar a game and it's going as far back as like some of their nes titles like snake rattle and roll and rc pro am both really fun by the way those games i do like um and then there are such popular ones as Conker's bad Fur Day, which will sell the fucking package on its own and then you get um some of the newer what was the newest one i think um Actually, ben- I think Perfect Dark Zero is on there.
0: Banjo-Kazooie, Nuts and Bolts. Bolts,
1: Perfect Dark Zero. Viva Pinata. Viva Pinata. Jetpack refueled. So, that's really great because I loved during the PS2 and Xbox and GameCube era that you got all these Namco museums. Or and Midway. Ti- and Taito and yeah. Midway and all these companies put out... SNK, Arcade Classics. They put out these great mm-hmm. bundles and you Neo got Gino. bang for your buck. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got bang, bang for your buck and in the... PS3 and 360 era, they suddenly realized, well, there's no there's no value to us doing this when we can piece these out for $5 a piece on download services. Now, Namco did do a pretty cool one for the 360, but it, its print run was almost invisible. So, this is nice to see a company, love them or hate them, go back to being like, tell you what, we're just going to give you all these damn games
0: and for 30 bucks. This, this is a really cool idea. Um, not just because not just because um, I hope it sets a precedent. And the, this is cool because this is going across multiple generations of consoles. Usually, when these come out, it's just all arcades, or if it's say the Activision anthology, it's all like the Activision games that were on Atari, right, yeah, um, or the Intellivision anthology or games from. This is going back. This is literally over twenty five years of games.
1: Yeah, su- this it- goes
0: back to the arcade, NES. You know the, the games I even heard of, like Cameo Elements of Power. That was uh, a launch title for Xbox 360. What's cool about this is that this is the first time I can remember that you have a compilation pack being put out on a on a competitive uh, console that has Nintendo games on it. Sure. That's really cool that they that they're doing this, and Nintendo's probably not pleased, but they can't do anything about it. You know, like, like but, the fact that you have a slalom on here, and R.C. program, and Cobra, Cobra Triangle, and Snake Rattle and Roll, and Digger T. Rock, and Solar Jetman, and Battletoads Toads, and R.C. program two.
1: That's really cool. It's, and things like R.C. program two are really expensive on the NES, and it's a good game. So now you get to play it on you know this uh, pack for cheap.
0: The first time I've I've heard of this being on a home console. Battletoads arcade. Yeah, actually, wow. Which is a really good game. That you, it's, it's the best version of a really shitty game. <laughs> it's it's a good it's a good game. Yeah, getting Killer Instinct Gold, which is a fine fine port of combination of one and two. Mm-hmm. You you know having that Blast Corps, Banjo Kazooie. This is uh, Conquers Bad Fur Day. We'll we'll talk about maybe in a, in a few months if that affects the value of that game and brings it way down. It could. It really could. It, there's a chance. Perfect Dark Zero is a good game. Um. So no, this is this is Perfect Dark Zero was awful. <laughs> but this is a good package to get but it's only on Xbox One <laughs> I mean, that's, so that sort of deflates well, it. wah, wah. Yes, it's like ah oh, man Rare is Microsoft at this point I mean, sure I, I understand that but it's just sort of like not even 360 as well they're really trying to separate it finally a year and a half in to try to get people not to de- buy 360 anymore but
1: like it's just it's such a good deal that even with my disdain for probably 50% of the titles I would buy this if I had an Xbox One and like I said, I really hope other companies go back to doing these combo packs and realizing that people aren't going to pay five dollars for a one shot of Galaga anymore. You know, I
0: mean, go back to the compilations. Um, yeah. So yeah, check back with us, and we'll just say we'll just say September. Then again, no one owns an Xbox One enough to really affect the price of a Conqueror's Bad Friday. But that's the big one on here. That that and R C Perm too, that could you could see a drop in value. Uh, on, on the you're, on the on the used price of it, you're
1: an even bigger Xbox One hater than I am, and I just watch them gather dust in my store
0: all day long. Hey, all I know is that I don't know anyone that owns one. No. I, I just don't. So the, but this is cool, and we'll see. Well, but you know what? It's not on this hmm. compilation. Hmm. Where is he? Where is he? Where oh, is he? little Danny, a little Danny Sullivan, a little Danny Sullivan's Indie heat.
1: That's not. Is that rare? Rare, no. I rare. Re-
0: All right. Trade West Sports publish it.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Same way, like RC um, Super Off Road. Well, and uh, Battle Toads is published by Trade West too. So, we'll overlook this for now. We'll overlook this. Then again, this is probably on like sort of any of the PS2 compilations. I think I'm, I'm maybe sure it was not RC Pro must have been on. Not excuse me. Uh, Off Road must have been on some of the compilations on PS2. No, did that make it on any? I don't think so. Anyways, rolling
1: right along
0: <laughs> over uh,
1: over to the Sony press conference, which had some pretty impressive surprises. Lots uh, of impressive surprises. surprises. Uh, whether they're going to be your cup of tea is different, but taken as a whole, it was probably the most surprising conference. Um, starting things off, and geez, Louise, I got kind of teary-eyed watching it. Um, The Last Guardian is not dead. In fact, it's supposedly coming out in 2016, and to me, it looks as fun as ever. It also looked very similar to the previous trailers we've seen for it. It it
0: looked like the the trailer from 2007.
1: um, (laughs) 2009. But I'm just happy it's coming out. It looks great. Um, I've liked the other games that that studio has done, uh, Ico and uh, Shadow of the Colossus. And this is supposed to be the third and last one in a very loose trilogy. Um, and I'm just, I, I can't wait to see it. The gameplay, to me, um, looked very natural. Um, there's one spot where it shows him, shows the boy uh, jumping to Tico uh, after he pushes that, uh, that weird, like, stained glass eye thing off. And earlier in that demo, they show uh, the boy jumping, and Tico reaches down and grabs him with his mouth and in the other section where things are crumbling he goes to jump and Tico goes to grab him and it looks like a canned animation and he misses and he's falling but what you don't take into account is the tail swinging underneath and he grabs onto the tail so it like I said I don't know if organic or or realistic is the right word but it doesn't look like there's these set mechanics necessarily it looks like you can kind of work with what's happening in the environment you know, the fact that he can miss you, but you can still grab the tail and climb up his back.
0: Well, I mean, we kind of predicted it, at least when, we, when it was a minor story uh, a few months ago that Sony re-upped the trademark for Last Guardian. The only reason they would do that if the game was going to come out still. Well, otherwise, why would you protect the trademark? Um, I think this is cool, uh, obviously, that it's uh, it was vaporware, and it still is until it comes out, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, my big concern is that um, this is a game that's been developed since 2007. We first saw it a couple years after that so we saw gameplay footage that for all intents and purposes could have been the same shit they've had for six years laying around I think it's
1: a little bit better but it's the
0: same environment of all the videos we've seen going back years and years and that sort of decrepit uh, raised up like the bridges all that shit
1: that's going to be the entire environment
0: Oh. See I didn't know that was the entire environment. So it's
1: like in ICO, you spend the entire time escaping from one large puzzle filled castle. In this, it's basically you're escaping with the last with the guardian with Tico from a crumbling tower. I mean that's that's how these games work. And you, you're not gonna be flying, flying with him.
0: him at all? At all? I'm okay, I'm he's, done. He's with. got wings. Yes. So okay, so the bullshit thing about this, besides if you're in one environment, is going to be the fact that this is only gonna be on PS4, not PS3. Uh, this bothers me just because uh, I knew people that had a PS3 that were so stoked for this game to come out. Uh, way back in, you know, when they first talked about this, when I was in New Jersey still living in New Jersey back in like 2007, 2008, when they heard about this, they're like, "Oh, this is gonna be fantastic, PS3 exclusive." Then they push it back to like what 2011. Then they fucking cancel it. Then they might murmur it come back. Then they said cancel again. Then last year they said, "No, oh, no, we're still developing it." So this is gonna be on PS3. It looks like. I'm. And it could be on PS3. There's no reason why it couldn't be on PS3. Um, they want to push aside the PS3 these companies want to push aside their old consoles but I think it's a disservice to the fan base that's been waiting for this forever they need to move forward and the fan base ha- the fan base who wants it has a
1: PS4 not everyone. And I really, I'm getting tired of the argument that they shouldn't make a cut you need to make a cut at some point so you can actually show people why they bought a PS4 and show them the power and you say it looks like a PS3 game and it does in spots, but that does not mean it's not going to get pushed and polished before it's released.
0: Well, then I would say you want to show people the, the new console reason to own it, then you do a current gen game, not a previous generation game that's been around for seven years in development That's excuse me, eight years in development to me, that's the wrong approach. That's like saying, okay, we're going to save Duke Nukem Forever for the X- Xbox One. We're not going to have them come out in 360. It's like, why would you do that? You've been developing this thing forever. Yeah, but that then by that argument, it should have come out on all the old PC systems that it was being developed for back in the day. No, because it's just the current... The one that's... ps 3 is not dead. You can still buy PS3 games. They're still making PS3 games. Yes. They're still making PS3 systems. They still are, and plus, you could buy Duke Nukem uh, forever on, for PC. <laughs> so it was the same PC, <laughs> It was the same platform. We're going to get technical with me. All right, let's so, talk that super nitty gritty. So let's talk about the next thing. You game. got nitty gritty about- first. You got nitty gritty with me
1: first because because Shenmue three is coming out, but it's not coming out on the Dreamcast, so that sucks. <laughs> um, anyway, anyways, um, this isn't this is one of those announcements because I haven't really done more than dip my toes into the Shenmue universe that. It excites me because I'm so happy for the fan base. This is a fan base that's been super vocal um, with a about a game made by a guy, you know, Yu Suzuki, who's also been super vocal about his passion for it. And nothing has ever met up, and now they did it. They can do it, and they announced the Kickstarter. Which I'm going to be honest with you, is kind of weird to me
0: that they would have not. I mean, why? I'm not sure why Sony didn't just back it. Um, the but, Sony announced it at their presentation. Really fucking strange. Yes. Obviously, you're going to get everyone excited for it by doing that. Really strange. Really strange. But of course, it served its purpose.
1: It got the damn thing funded in less than 24 hours. We're at 3.1 million right now with 29 days left. Yeah, and it needed two. So uh, that's exciting. Um, you know, for everyone mm-hmm. who likes Shenmue, I'm happy for you. I I would love I would love it I would love it if with this happening. They could find a way to just give me a digital version of one and two, so that I can get back, I can get into it and understand why I want, you know, people want this. So, so bad.
0: obviously, Sony has a stake in this at this point. Yes, this is not going to be on Xbox. I, I assume. I believe
1: it's. I think it's a PC and PS4 exclusive. But I could even yes. be wrong about it's that. Yes, PC and PS4. Okay.
0: So, my, obviously, Sony would have the money to bankroll this themselves. They're, they're a billion dollar company so was my question then is was this them hedging their bets, was this free publicity for a game that maybe most of the audience wouldn't have heard of but just seeing the excitement of people in the crowd obviously they'd have more of a stake, a stake in this than the average person at home the average 18 year old would be like who cares about this game, you know what I mean, that's following uh, gaming news, uh, was it a combination of that, was this just sort of was, was this money not even necessary to create the game in its entirely, maybe it was just giving Sony faith that they should fund it beyond this point to a point to release it. These are questions I I would like answered uh, because I think this sets a really weird precedent uh, in the future. But I have talked about it before, about, hey, if Capcom has any inclinations uh, about releasing a Mega Man game and they're scared a little bit, if they did a Kickstarter and raised the money in a day, then they should do that. I have no problem with doing that. But this isn't, you know, this isn't Capcom. This is Sony. This is a totally different to me. This is a company that um, this isn't their property. This isn't something that they've canceled games before. This is a a franchise that has been around, what, 15 years at this point? When was it? 14, 15, yeah. Uh, So 15 years. So it's just strange to me that they would use that sort of platform to do that. And then at what point does Sony come in and take control in some way, or are they going to keep totally hands off? These are questions I think need to be answered. Because obviously there's a little tit-for-tat going on if they allowed and wanted this to be advertised at their press Well, I mean, in besides all... Besides it just being exclusive.
1: I mean, I, I feel like you, Suzuki, could have launched a Shenmue 3 Kickstarter without Sony and it would have been funded in just the same amount of time with how rabid that fan base is. But it might have been a scratch my back, i scratch scratched yours. Uh, you announced it at the press conference and keep it exclusive and we guarantee that, you know, your Kickstarter is going to be funded and, you know, 18 hours or whatever the fuck it sure. took.
0: Cuz we're at we're at almost 40,000 backers right now. Let's assume that 95% of those are for the game. About 95% of those are for the game. Let's just say then the way these usually go, this will probably triple at most. Say you have 100, let's we'll just say I mean, say 140,000 people end up buying this via the pre-order. Would that have been enough on its own for Sony to to put in millions of dollars into the development of a game like that? Hundred forty thousand—that's on the low end, probably, for a modern game. That, that with that much money versus independent game where not as not as much money is going in. For them, this was probably this is probably good faith to say, okay, now we can back this going forward. That's the way I'm looking at it. Otherwise, again, why would they? Unless they just really like the guy and just want them to promote the game yeah. at, at E3. Let's
1: continue uh, Goodfield's nostalgia fest at the Sony conference, and um, they did it fans did it. I mean, fucking I think it's hilarious because Square always staunchly said they would never do this. Um, But the Final Fantasy 7 remake is finally happening. And you know what? Um, Final Fantasy 7 was never my favorite RPG. I'm just going to be honest. It's fun. I enjoyed it. It was a very special game at a certain time. Um, Help sell that system like no tomorrow. But, you know, I I watched the trailer and I started off and I was kind of jaded and as I'm watching the trailer, towards the end they those fuckers, they get you, they start creeping the original intro music in and all of a sudden I'm like oh no, 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 I'm gonna cry and I'm, I mean, I will play it I mean, there's no reason I won't play it and I think there's I think there's a thousand gamers multiple thousands of gamers who it might not be their favorite RPG,
0: but it's,
1: this remake is going to be a bit of an event I think
0: I don't have I don't have a stake in this just because I I never I, I remember watching my friend Chun Yu play play it on the PS one probably back in like uh, ninety six ninety seven I remember watching him play it um and watching someone play an RPG is sort of like the most boring experience ever um but I I I think this is this is strange to me just because this is an RPG remaking this isn't an action game this isn't a first person shooter. The game elements from an RPG made now versus 20 years ago are exactly the same, and you don't need modern technology to do it. It's all numbers and math uh, and, and text. That's what an RPG is. you know. So I think for people to get... You can get excited for something like this, but at the end of the day, what you're getting excited for is seeing prettier cutscenes with modern technology versus seeing uh, polygons from 20 years ago. A lot of people... And and voice acting versus not. I mean, that's that's basically what you're getting out of this. A lot of people play RPGs for the story,
1: and what you can do with modern machines easier than you could do back then is give it more of a movie or an anime type vibe, feel, experience as you play through it. There's also no guarantee that all the systems are going to stay exactly the same. They have said that it's not going to be a simple remake. You know, most of the story, you know, major plot points are going to be there, including Wall Market, which I think is hilarious. But, um, I mean, no one, and that this is something that can make or break it. It's not exactly something I'm excited about. But when they say no simple remake. What does that mean? How are the battle systems changing? What are they going to do to it? So that could have a very big effect on, on the reception when it comes out.
0: I think this is interesting just because this isn't basically... Um, is this still Square Enix? Yes. So is, this, is it? Are they basically throwing in the towel saying, all right, we've had 10 Final Fantasy games since then, and we can't come close to recapturing this? Well... Is, is that part of it?
1: I don't know. I mean, I hate eight, but but a lot of people love it. Nine, I love. I mean, that was a good one. Um, Type Zero came out and it's good. But I'm not going to lie, they were always, like I said, very staunch. They weren't going to do it. Then they then years ago they started to slip a little bit, like they might. And then I just think fan outcry got to the point where they're doing it. But the it, the timing is interesting. It's not like Square Enix has a ton of money. This will print them money. So not only is the timing right for fans, they've also said they wanted there to be better technology. That's why they didn't do it on the PS3. Now they have a PS4 and an Xbox One, so they can make it as shiny as they want to. And hey, oh, it also has the added benefit of uh, filling their coffers.
0: Yeah, it'll it'll do that. I just I just hope this, this is going to turn out like uh, the Psycho remake, which was like shot for shot and it was terrible. You know what I mean? Like the the thing about remakes is that you're always going to have that, it's never, the feeling is never going to match the original, for nostalgia purposes for the fact that it was new and fresh so, even if it's, even if you have lifelike looking uh, characters and and models you will enjoy it, but you're still not get that pure enjoyment that you got from seeing those simple polygon characters 20 years ago, so I I just think it's a strange feeling that, since I'm not emotionally invested in this I'm interested in seeing the reaction. Some people are not going to like that as much. Some people say this is awesome. You'll have some people to fall in between. I'm trying to think that if I would want to invest... If I had a property I really liked from 25 years ago come back with, with this sort of polish and shine, would I be excited or hesitant, or would I be scared that it would mar or some way change my love of the original? I mean, these are questions that you can talk about with movies and I guess now with video games, since we're seeing more and more remakes. And again, this isn't like a Halo remake. Um, with getting new servers and new maps and updating it. This is literally, you're basically remaking a story. That, that's basically what you're doing. So we'll see what happens. I mean, that's, is that next year or this year?
1: Um, I think they, that might have been 2017. but it's definitely, Holy it's, shit, it's really? It's definitely not this year.
0: Wow, the, the Star Wars movies uh, come out in less time.
1: <laughs> I, I could be wrong about that, but it's definitely not this year.
0: I'm going to talk about, people say, Pat, you don't like modern games, you don't keep up with it. I do a little bit, I don't have time to play a lot of them. Um, I'm a big fan, though, just to keep in track of... uh, We'll put the the, the Vegas series aside, but the Tom Clancy series, going back to uh, the original Rainbow Six. I've read the book. The book is great. Check it out. It never did a movie of Rainbow Six. Anyway, uh, Rogue Spear. I loved Rogue Spear. That's my idea of if you want to play modern warfare video games is that. Now, obviously, uh, something like this one coming out, Ghost Recon Wildlands... It's not going to be as realistic as going back and playing Rogue Spear and getting shot twice and being dead. But it's interesting that uh, this hasn't really been done before, where you have the Tom Clancy world and you're going to have an open world in South America, and you basically have to take down drug cartels. This is like, it's strange, it's not like, it's like a paramilitary sort of group, kind of pseudo- Uh, doing it on their own, no government's telling them to do it they're sort of operating on their own, almost Hmm. I guess like an IMF Mission Impossible thing where they're not, they're probably very loosely uh, related to a government force Um, and so you have four players co-op and you get missions to take down cartels, but you can do them in multiple ways you can do them like head on, you can do stealth um, the example they had in the trailer was going to basically to, I guess, one uh, production place and then going head on and, and trying to overtake it with force doing uh, one stealth at night, doing one very smartly where you kidnap, this, this to me is the cool part of the game, this will show the branching I guess story that can be involved in an open breathing world they kidnap the uh, the coke they leave the guy. There's a guy with the white hat. I guess is running the operation. Uh, one mission, they snipe him and take him out. But they figure uh, during the narration of the trailer that it'd be better if you basically uh, have his have his superiors turn against him, thinking he's a traitor. So there's a one mission type you can do is you kidnap the the coke with with the truck running off the road, and so then he goes back to his superiors and basically he thinks he's a traitor or something else, and then they torture and kill him. So that to me is great because it's not just oh take out this guy, take out this guy if it really allows you that sort of open freedom to go about taking down a cartel in a uh, quote-unquote as realistic way as you can, that's how you would do it. You wouldn't just use pure force. You would try to turn the underlings against them or, or try to make it appear that it's a fractured splinter group, you know what I mean? Or or try to work informants, or, you know what I mean? So that to me is fascinating because that really has been done before uh, to that extent. When
1: it, With these open world games, it's always interesting to me, though, how well is this gonna work because it's it's easier to give you multiple ways to complete a mission. It's harder to figure out how the layout of the world changes after you do these missions in oh, different sure. ways i mean I'm, I'm so I mean you've
0: always got to wait and see because it, it that, that does sound interesting, but I'm taking open world mm-hmm. to mean that uh if and this is it has to do with uh you know. First military shooter set in a massive and responsive open world. That's how it's being advertised from Ubisoft. I'm taking it as um, they're going you're going to have the cartel react to you, how you're doing it. Maybe at first not realize what's going on because you're not using overwhelming force. But once they realize what's going on, they'll try to figure it out and come after you, maybe eventually set traps. This to me is fascinating. This isn't going to be do A mission like in Grand Theft Auto, do B mission, do C. This is going to be We're going to have to work our own method here and work, especially using friends. Uh, You know, this is going to be cool. I I mean, I I love the idea of anything like this that gives you real freedom because obviously you've had this in games like Elite, uh, where you can do whatever you want to some extent. But like I said, this hasn't happened to this extent. There hasn't been a Call of Duty open world. You know, you know. This to me sounds like there's a little bit of thought put into this. Usually, I don't get excited about uh, shooters like this, but this is at least a little bit thought out to be something different. And we'll see if it delivers. I mean, that's all I can say about it. Before I begin Let's what, ruffle some feathers well, I, I thought that I Here's the thing I wasn't on Twitter I watched the digital presentation I thought it was fine uh, Nintendo's presentation. Obviously, the big ones. Uh, everyone predicted and knew that they were going to announce a new Star Fox game. You have Star Fox Zero come out. Uh, it looks fantastic. Obviously, why wouldn't it look it fantastic?
1: It wasn't, a, but that's not a new announcement. People knew that already. But it's the first
0: time you're seeing it, and they're explaining the game. Okay, you know what I mean. I don't. I don't see why E3 has to be. Oh, we don't see the game at all until this point, especially for Nintendo. But we'll get into that. So they showed off Star Fox Zero. It looks cool. Um, the the uh, digital. Event was was cute because you had them change uh, Miyamoto and, and Reggie and Iwata change into the puppets. That was they really cute. cute yeah. It looked like Muppets. Um, so Star Fox Zero, you you can change your R wing into uh, the tank, uh, I believe, and from, a walker. Uh, I believe as well. So the tank was in the GameCube version, right? Uh, but the. 64 but, version was yeah. it the 64 one yeah I believe so but the walker wasn't and then there's also like a little hovercraft sort of a, like a helicopter sort of thing where you can hover so that's cool um, otherwise it's going to be the, probably similar to the past Star Fox games uh, they did it they did uh, explain that um, there was elements from Star Fox 2 which was completed never came out so Nintendo they wanted to put into this game That that's cool they're going back to that hell I, think, I still think they should release Star Fox 2 in some form that would be great right you yeah. know what I mean why not put it on the, for a digital download you know um So I had no complaints with that. Uh, Mario Maker, obviously this isn't the first time we're seeing it, uh, but this was sort of their mark. That and Star Fox Zero were sort of of their marquee games to show off. I cannot wait for Mario Maker. I think it looks incredible. Mario
1: Maker is exactly what I love. It's why I like Little Big Planet. It's why I really wanted Mega Man Universe. It's why I used to mess around with simple game creating programs like Click and Play. Just give me the assets and let me go nuts. Like I I, I can't wait to... And more important than making them, because I'm never going to make a goddamn good level in that game. I just can't wait to see the sinister levels people make with it, and then try to beat them. It's not like, just
0: that. They're doing things that you haven't seen in Mario games, for like getting helmets yeah. of, of other... Like, Buzzy Kuba Beetle shuttle. helmets. Yeah, yeah. stuff <laughs> like that. Um, there was one th- cool thing that it showed, like, wow, let's put a Goomba in water see what happens. They're trying to float around, and they or, have no idea what they're or doing. Or, I
1: think in the one trailer where the guy, for whatever reason, no reason, makes the wall of the rotating fire things, and it just looked
0: cool as shit. Oh, yeah, and, and of course they showed this up for Nintendo World Championships that we'll get into. I also like the fact that you can switch between the 8-bit uh, era versus, what, 16-bit uh, versus the modern, how it looks.
1: Yeah, you can go through a, you can go all the way from 8-bit up to uh, New Super Mario Brothers Wii U.
0: So I guess and I guess on the newer ones you can do the wall jump. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if you play the old version, they put the wall jumping in for the older versions. If they would include that or not?
1: Well, It was a glitch originally in there, right? What's that?
0: Wasn't that originally a glitch in the original ones, being able to wall jump? You can't wall jump in the original Super Mario Brothers. I mean, I'm talking literally like Ninja to like jump from one wall to it to the other. Oh, uh, okay. Like stick stick and rebound off of. Um, so I'm not sure about that. But otherwise, uh, it looks pretty cool. Now, obviously, you had people that were upset. Uh, due to the quote-unquote lack of big titles uh, I thought there was a nice range that they showed off for both systems obviously there were all killer titles there was, no, uh, there was no new Metroid game for example, that was probably the big one obviously Zelda was pushed back now Zelda being pushed back tells me two things it probably tells me that it's not going to be available to play this year in any capacity otherwise it would have announced it um, I'm probably going to say the earliest you're going to see that will probably be before E3 next year uh, sort of like a Splatoon release. That'll probably be the very earliest you'll see. It'll be like May of right. next year. The earliest. If not, you're going to look at it after E3 sometime uh, later, summer or fall. Uh, I don't have a problem with them pushing back a, a Zelda game. If they want it to be perfect, take as much time as you need. Take as much time as you need. Now, there's some people, though, that are saying that this tells us that, oh, Zelda's not going to come out on the Wii U and it's going to come out in the next Nintendo system. And I think they're for some I don't know where that train of thought comes from. I don 't know why they would do that Nintendo 's had a Zelda game on every system Like, why why would this be any different? Just they, they, Zelda was the one of the first games during the tech demo that I was at back in two thousand and eleven for the Wii U it, They showed a Zelda tech de- demo before they changed the look into more of the cell shaded uh, it was uh, it looked more like uh, uh, the last one on on the Gamecube Twilight it looked, it looked more like Twilight Princess before they changed it so you're going you 're going to get your Zelda game they 're just not confident. They don't want to announce... Nintendo is not like announcing stuff two, three years out. They want to do it, know they know exactly when it's coming out. You know, within a year. That's basically probably what their strategy is for that. This would
1: be my concern. Uh, Mario Tennis is a new announcement, and it looks good. I absolutely love it's the fun. Mario Tennis games, and I love the Mario Golf games. I wish they would announce one of those for that system, too. Although the handheld one's just fine. Animal Crossing Happy Homemaker for the 3DS looks neat. Um, I'm not so much into... the So the Amiibo Fiesta one that they're doing for um, Animal Crossing. I believe it came out today that it's going to be a free download, but requires Amiibos to play. Okay. not so crazy about the constant reliance on Amiibos. If
0: it's a budget title, I wouldn't have a problem. If it was like a $5, $10 title. It's a
1: free download, like I just said. Then it's fine. (laughs) I I mean, I... Because you're you're paying for the Amiibo to play
0: it. I'm going to buy an uh,
1: an uh, an Isabelle Amiibo anyways, but I just... How hard are these going to be to come by? I, I that's worrisome. Anyways, whatever. That's not my main point. Um, a lot of the Wii stuff that we use stuff that they showed is still just bigger reveals of stuff that they announced last year, like the Star Fo- the Star Fox was known last year and the Mario Maker. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of forward thinking stuff that was announced. Meaning, I think a lot of people are scared because it doesn't look like there's. Literally, they can't see much into the future. Now, I will counter that. Um, Nintendo has never really relied on E3. Not in past years, they've relied on their Nintendo Directs, and their Nintendo Directs have announced plenty of big things and conveyed tons of information to uh, their you know loyal fan base. So, I don't think it means that it's game over uh, for, the, nin- for yeah. the for the Wii U. I really don't. But I do understand the concerns about a lack of software. Last year was a great E3 for Nintendo, and they showed off tons of stuff. And you know, the last thing that they showed off that people, you know, that people got excited about, just came out, Splatoon, and everyone loves it. This year, it's just like, yep, we still have these games coming, and here's a couple small ones on the side. So I, under- I understand
0: concerns, but like I said, I still don't think that means the Wii U is is dead. I think people have to remember though that. The 3ds is just as important to Nintendo as the Wii U, and so they got to split their time and energy with that as well. Yes, and, and put out because the, the the 3ds is, is dominating still, um, and so they cannot ignore that. So, but still, the majority of games were I'd say it was like sixty forty Wii U from what I saw. Obviously, you yeah, have people been out of shape because of, of the um, the the sense of entitlement. I guess because they were upset that there was a Metroid Prime uh, space games. Sort of thing coming out in 3DS, but not something announced for Wii U. They went on and they downvoted the trailer. Like significantly they signed on. a
1: petition to get it not released it's like these people forgot you, that Metroid Prime pinball doesn't or Metroid Prime pinball
0: doesn't exist uh Metroid Prime has had spin-offs before why are they insulted they don't have to buy the game for yeah, exactly.
1: you're I, fucking babies I actually like weirdly themed sports games so I will probably buy that
0: day one if that's if that's the case and we never would have saw Mario Golf. If that's gonna upset you you know right. what I mean like like who cares um the other thing people have to realize like Ian said what happens in the fall? What if they announce a, a Metro game in the fall? Uh, Nintendo directing people at that point, be like, okay, that's fine. We have Tokyo Game Shows coming up. I mean, Nintendo can announce things there. Nintendo, unfortunately, to the detriment and to their to their benefit, uh, goes by the beat of their own drum. Yeah, they don't. Really they don't run. give a shit about you and your schedule. They, they don't. They, they, they don't run on an E three schedule. They don't. Um, which probably means less pressure. Uh, to get things out and let them probably focus on one or two big things at a time, because trust me, they they wanted to probably show Zelda. Uh, they it, it, it's obviously they know that they showed off footage last year and this year so far has been okay. We got to take a step back. Maybe they have, they came across something that's bothering them or maybe it's another direction. An open world Zelda game that should get you excited, but it's going to take time. Um, I also want to comment on people that thinking that because Nintendo didn't have a billion. Uh, huge uh, Wii U titles that the Wii U is going to be abandoned in a year. I think you're out of your mind. I think that's being a little bit too, the the sky is falling. Um, every Nintendo console has had at least five years lifespan before new ones come out. Right. It's usually closer to six. So why would the Wii U be any different?
1: It's not like the, here's the thing, a lot of people are worried about the looming specter of the NX. I don't see that being released until into
0: 2017. So at the earliest, late 2017, I'll probably say 2018. So
1: even if this, even if the Wii U does have a shortened lifespan, you're looking at like two and a half years. I would say at minimum year and a half and before not, they start if to if plan to phase more. out. Yeah, but
0: that means you're going to get a Zelda game. You're going to get at least at least every year, and you're going to get one big. Uh, first party like you you 'll probably get the metroid i 'm going to end my time with the Wii U happy
1: whenever it ends i 've had a blast with all the titles i 've played so far, and there 's going to be good ones in the future
0: so I just I think it 's funny care. that they 're announcing the death of it they announced the death of it within the first year. Before, I always said, like you said, wait till, wait till Smash Brothers. Wait till Mario Kart. They've been announcing the death of it every year. we we said that, though. Wait till Mario Kart and Smash comes out. If it's a failure, then still, then okay. But guess what? Those sold a ton of copies. Splatoon has sold a ton of copies. What, rumored
1: so, like half a mil or something like that so far. So
0: if they come out with even two big first-party uh, titles, not counting uh, something like, you know... People are looking past stuff. I know Xenoblade is not a huge, huge franchise, but no, people it's, it's huge. Not Splatoon big, but it's it's still popular. Um, it's gonna if they're gonna sell, they're not gonna say if they threw in the town out If Nintendo said, "Okay, we're done with this console," that would be horrible for the next console because then people are gonna say, "What? You're gonna get rid of this console after two, three years? Why would I get it?" You can't do that with home consoles. Yes, it's not an experiment for Nintendo. They're not they're not losing money here. Um, they can look at the Wii U as a loss leader. Hell, they can look at it as a loss leader for selling millions of amiibos themselves, and they'll still come out with the system just for that. Because you know what I mean. So there's no, there's absolutely no rationale to think that they're going to abandon their current console after only two and a half years. If this was three and a half or four and a half, you could tell me that. Okay, yeah, there's nothing huge coming out. Okay, Star Fox. We saw, we heard, we knew it was coming out again. Though, were they playing it? Could you play it? No. So Zelda, I Zelda will at least be announced next year. They'll probably announce one other big one like Metroid or uh, what? What's another big one? People are t- maybe saying F Zero. Even that would be a major one that still would be cool uh, to see. Um,
1: uh, I think a lot of people, including myself, were thinking they were going to do. Um, They're going to take a Animal Crossing, a more traditional Animal Crossing, but in a, a new direction. But I mean, whatever. Pokemon Wii U is that what people want to see? No, I think at this point people are pretty much. Just good with 3DS. Three, uh, Pokemon being on portables. I don't think anyone would object to a console based Pokemon, especially if it had online. But um, I don't think. I, I, I honestly don't think there's many gamers out there holding their breath for that. Otherwise, I mean, Nintendo.
0: Had, they have no had, reason had, to Nintendo's do Nintendo's
1: had two decades
0: to do that. The only ones you had were Snap and what, Stadium.
1: Well, well, no, and then there was X D Gale of Darkness on the GameCube, which some people like. I never played it, but it's not supposed to be like a normal Pokemon game anyway.
0: So do you, so. So we're going to predict it right now. Ian's saying what late twenty seventeen for the next Nintendo console. I'm going to say mid twenty
1: seventeen.
0: I'm going to say I'm going to say two thousand eighteen. I'm going to give him that extra. I'm going to give them the the, the the into the sixth year. I'm going to give him that. I I think that they're still cracking the the sort of the tech what they're doing. Uh, with this. By the way, i d I'd rather to bring up on Star Fox, they're doing it, which I saw from the tech demo already four years ago that you're going to be able to fly and then look to the side like you would if you are really flying. That mm. to me, again, that's the only, you can only do that in the Wii U, something like mm-hmm. that. So you don't have to turn your ship in order to see what the hell is going on to the left or right of you. Right. Or even maybe a little bit behind you. I don't know what, what it's going to be. But, but you know what I mean? So that, that to me is really cool that they can do stuff like that on the Wii U. So I'm going to get Star Fox. Um, I'm probably going to get... Uh, I think it's only be if it's a, if it's a thirty dollars game, which should be a great price point for for Mario Maker. If it's more than that, you know, I will pay sixty for you pay, Mario. You're, you're going to pay sixty for that, yeah, I even, will. Though, even though it's just a, like a, a Mario Paint sort of sandbox. And M- you want.
1: Much like much like uh, Little Big Planet, to me it's an investment in the community, hoping that they make a ton of levels because that's mostly what I'm going to play. I'm not going to spend a lot of time making I'm buying I buy games like that to play what other people make you want to see what other people put together
0: I really hope for something like Mario Maker though my only suggestion they I hope they put something in where there's a fail safe that it tells you if you put something in that's impossible to make a jump on you know what I mean like or something that you know what I mean? It would, it would say, okay, that probably isn't possible for you to do. You know I would have saying? a feeling that Nintendo is on that. They would do something like, okay, if you put it one space too far, it would tell you before They know testing. their
1: physics and you can probably, I'm, I'm sure if in, in some way or another, like, you could probably plot Mario where the jump starts and you would see an arc where the jump ends. It would tell you the predictability. I'm, I mean, I'm going to guess that. I mean, if, if, if I'm thinking of that right now on the spot, I can't imagine that Nintendo hasn't.
0: That, that would just cut down on a lot of the trial and error of going back and testing sure. it out. That way you can make
1: really difficult jumps without having to constantly fine-tune them.
0: The other thing I want to talk about, or you can talk about real quick, is that surprise announcement. It happened the day they announced it, I think on the 14th, that Earthbound Beginnings, which is Earthbound uh, 0, was released uh, on the virtual console, finally.
1: Yeah, this is kind of fantastic, and it goes back to what you said about them releasing uh, Star Fox 2, although that was just a prototype. Um, I think this is a great bone to be tossed to Earthbound fans. Um, You know, you've got you've got Earthbound, Mother 2, you know, they put that out, and they put this one on there, which I don't think anyone saw coming. And from what I understand, it's very similar to Mother 2. Even the story is supposed to be somewhat similar. Um, It's very grind heavy. It's very much an 8-bit RPG. I've played bits and pieces of it through emulation, and it is. I mean, you gotta grind your ass off. Um, But that's never bothered me. I like grinding. Um, What I think this is saying, though, is that Nintendo has finally heard that there are er, has heard the the, the US Earthbound fan base. Um, I think that a lot of people now have their hopes up that we will get a translated um, Game Boy Advance download of uh, Mother 3, which is the one that everyone really wants to play. And I think people are now hoping that in the future anything further Earthbound is not going to be so in jeopardy that maybe Nintendo will actually stop kind of being dicks about it and just release it in both territories. I mean, because, I mean, how long does a fan base need to yell before? I mean, it's not like we're talking about Shenmue, you know, where, where like, it just wasn't in production and yeah. it couldn't happen. I mean, these things are coming out, so why not put them in both territories?
0: No, it, it makes sense. It's not costing Nintendo anything to do it, so why not just do it? It's no. costing you server space. Right. That's all it's cost.
1: <laughs> you know I mean? like, and there's a perfectly good fan translation of Mother 3 out there that Nintendo even featured in an issue of Nintendo Power. So, I mean, like, so probably, you can do, mo- you can put Mother 3 up there. I mean, you guys can do it. You can do it. I know you can do it. They'll so probably, do it.
0: They'll probably end up just paying a little bit of money and just saying, okay, we'll do it. They'd be glad to do it. Yeah. The people that did the translation, they want to see that. Clyde Mandolin, I believe. Um, tomato was the one who did that translation. Tomato. Tomato. Or tomato. tomato. Uh, Let's talk about Nintendo World Championship uh, right. No, first, you know what? First, we'll talk about every year at E3, people have the discussion whether it's uh, people on the on the talk shows. I guess it's almost like now it's it's almost like sports now where they talk about the most meaningless stuff every day. They have to, but you always have the conversation and on Twitter and fans about who won E3. My dick. Um, who won E3? Is a meaningless question. That's why I answered the way I did. Because you shouldn't care, quote-unquote, who won, unless you have a monetary stake in one of these companies. You honestly shouldn't give a shit. Voting for someone... Wanting someone else to lose makes you a dick.
1: I mean, honestly... I mean, okay, we both kind of tore into the Xbox One a little bit, but I, I don't care, like... Gaming is supposed to be fun, so why do you care if you're having more fun
0: than someone else? You should want everyone to enjoy the hobby, or want to convince someone else they're not having as much fun as they probably are. Right? Oh no, you no, you're not having fun on that Xbox because I'm having fun on my PS4. I'm having a lot more fun over here, but I'm having fun playing this. You know, it's just a strange tribalistic mentality that makes little sense to me about people that saying you know people crying about Nintendo. Nintendo doesn't give a shit what you think as long as you're selling stuff. I mean that's what it comes down to. They only lose if they don't make money. Any of these companies. Right. And and so far I don't see I don't see uh uh, Nintendo losing uh, a lot of money anytime soon anymore, I just don't see it Microsoft impressed the Microsoft
1: fan base Sony impressed the Sony fan base and was, while Nintendo yeah. did not impress all the Nintendo fan base I was perfectly okay with it
0: I was fine, I, I, I know that there's stuff coming out, I still have to buy Splatoon People, it's, always, it's always what have you done for me lately oh my god, you do have to buy Splatoon that, Jesus I do have to buy it, but you know what that game is busy it's the, I, yeah, I know
1: Pat, I know you 're busy, but I 'm saying it's a great, goddamn <laughs> game, and you should go fucking buy it. I can buy it and not play. it. Is
0: that better, um, but again, going back to it uh just there's just the having analysts talk about this like they 're analyzing the NBA finals. <laughs> go 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 dub nation by the way. Love Steph Curry. Um it's just really just awkward and I guess it's the the point of maturing of of, of the medium that you can do this but I have, I want no fucking part in any of. If someone asked me on a talk show who won E3, I'm going to just look at him with a dead stare like you are looking at me right now. It's like, like what wh- why is this a question again? I mean, you have the Sony people that probably love the fact that Uncharted 4 is coming out. And it's not going to be the last one. We'll make 80 of those. Um, and then, you know, the, the Microsoft unveils the Halo game of the year. And people get excited about that. You know, it's great. As long as you as long as long you have stuff that you like, you won. You won as long as you enjoy it. You did. A winner, Video game players. A winner is all of you. All of you. Let's talk Nintendo World Championships. I watched most of this. This was a nearly, nearly four-hour event. I did not even. I'm going to try to condense this into... Uh, summary versus breaking it out. Um, I Very mixed uh, on Nintendo World Championships. I tweeted all my thoughts going into it uh, as, as it was going. I think uh, obviously you knew this was going to be... Nintendo's paying for this event. They're paying for the Nokia theater space. You knew this was going to be an, basically a long infomercial. Which which what it was. It sure. was a long infomercial. That said, they could have done better presenting the competition and presenting the competitors and describing what was going on so I'll break it down, you had 16 competitors 8 qualified at the local Best Buys around not lo- local to you, around the US then they picked 8 people from the internet, uh, 6 speedrunners I'm not sure how they pick, chose these people I'll get into that later, then they chose uh, Eagle Raptor, uh from Game Grumps, and then they chose um, some other guy from something I can't remember uh, I don't remember, some other guy from the internet don't remember right now. Probably someone has 2 million uh, subscribers. Don't care. Not the point. Um, so the competition was interesting in that. Interesting, good and bad, in that it wasn't head-to-head against each other. It was three rounds. And then the four winners from each round moved on automatically. Uh, excuse me. The, the the top ones moved on. The bottom four went into the underworld to fight to stay alive. And the bottom three would go home. And that one person would stay alive. Okay? Okay. So the first round was Splatoon. Yay! yay until you have to watch it for 25 minutes straight the, i've watched it for 25 minutes the straight. problem with splatoon um and it looks like at least to me much more fun to play than to watch uh i think well uh, how do they present it because i'm trying to figure out how you're supposed to watch two teams the, it's you, fun they, to they watch did. one person well they would cut back and forth between one they uh i actually tweeted out my suggestion. nintendo actually did it like 10 minutes later which i thought was funny um they showed one screen at a time. You didn't know who the hell it was. First of all, they didn't, they didn't introduce any of the competitors, which I have a huge problem with. You have people that, um, in some locations, probably went up against 800 other people in one, didn't even introduce them and give a chance to speak. That's a, kind of a slap in the face. That, to me, is a little weak. Uh, even talked even like a game show, talk for like thirty five seconds. Oh, what do you do? Oh, that's interesting. You can do this, like you know, like Mark Summers and Double Dare would do. I'm uh,
1: into my dog,
0: you know, and, and, and beads. Yeah. He's, oh, okay, great. <laughs> they, oh, oh okay, moving on. You yeah. know, um, didn't really do that. Um, didn't really present who they were. Um, you had three commentators at one time besides the host, uh, Kevin Perara, uh, who used to be, I think on, I think it was on G four. That was a like, long Okay, I don't know. Uh, sure. So he hosted, and so. Uh, they did Splatoon, and then so it was. It was basically four sets of four uh, teams, of four four on four, four on four, and two out of three rounds. Uh, and then the then the losers faced. Okay. Other than the losers went down to the underworld. It took forever. Um, so you would track one person at a time. You couldn't follow what was going on. Well, that was a problem see that,
1: uh, okay I guess I want to say like I I have fun watching people play splatoon but I'm trying to imagine trying to track watching four people on one team and then four people on another team that's a mess
0: they went they they finally at one point uh, did a four screen split screen uh where it was two from each team but even then they switched off of that and went back to one on one so the whole time they're they're explaining some of what's going on but the problem is is that I quickly learned they're playing splatoon that while you can build up an insurmountable lead, really the last minute of the of the match is what matters. Not if you're good at holding a choke point. Well, they went back and forth, because there was multiple times during the broadcast where were like, wow, looks like the orange team's out of it, and then the other team comes back and wins. And so, well, again, while it looks really fun... It looks like there's just too much going on at one time and having to switch back and forth to truly follow what's going on with the constant firing. It doesn't seem like a good uh, sort of... uh, At least they proved it. wasn't good for competition to be able to do a good commentary.
1: No, it absolutely would not be good for a live competition where anyone is trying to watch two teams play against each other. It's a fantastically easy to follow and very fun game with a lot of strategy if it's just you, your gamepad, and the TV. So, but the way you're describing it does sound like a nightmare. It was
0: haphazard. Yeah, it sounds like. Uh, and, plus, sounds and plus, like, oh, that guy's doing well. And it's like, I don't know who that person is. I don't know who's on this because team. Because you didn't introduce any of them. I don't know. I don't have any stake in what I'm watching. I have no, no idea who's on the blue team. So I don't know if... You, don't mention, you didn't mention until they lost who's on whose team. So, okay. So that was the first round. Underworld Challenge was 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 Next. Where they, the, the three underworld challenges, again, to stay in the game not be sent home, were all the old, quote unquote old school challenges. First one was, we've done this in the marathon, I beat you at it. First, to, to get the Triforce in the first level in Zelda, uh, the first piece of the Triforce.
1: No, you did that, but I don't think I ever did it. Well, back. you didn't do a
0: challenge? No, well, I, well, I didn't do it back. Well, they just timed me. You
1: huh? did it. It was You had to do it with chest bombs, I think, was what someone wanted you to do.
0: No, no, I thought I had like two minutes or something, or two and a half no. minutes. I,
1: I, all I know is that I, I, did, like, I, did, not, I did not do it. That. that was a challenge.
0: Okay. It was a cool, it's a cool challenge. Yeah that's where I started to really look at who are these people that they chose to be arbitrarily because you had people grabbing uh, freaking rupees instead of just running towards the, towards these are, if these are speedrunners I'm not going to go through who was who I don't know, all I know was th- at that point they didn't belong there if they were doing that, but it it will get, it'll get worse as I go on so that was the first challenge, second challenge uh the second main challenge which, which was really it's like, World Premiere, Blast Ball, and the whole crowd deflated at that point. Because it's like, first of all, why, why is it another team game? Why why am I risk of being thrown out because my teammate sucks at a game? I thought that's really strange, especially, yes. especially if I competed individually at a Best Buy and waited eight hours in line. Now, the fate of my existence is because I'm... A, playing with an asshole who sucks at pl- uh, Splatoon? Like Why does that make sense? Believe me, I yell at my fellow Splatoon players with no voice chat all, all the are time. You, are you turning into a good Splatoon player? Is that when you're excelling Surprisingly, at? Surprisingly, I'm actually doing well, pretty good at Splatoon. Uh, now I but, want to play with you. But Vani is insanely good. Okay, we can do team podcasts or something. <laughs> um, so, so it was Blast Ball, which is a 3DS game. The first thing I thought was, was this like a cancelled game from Nintendo Land that they're doing? What is this? It's an unskinned game from that Metroid game they're putting out. That's what I thought. I was just like, "What? what's going on? So basically, it amounts to, uh, it was a video game version of Crossfire, board game, where you shoot at a ball, it goes into the goal.
1: Oh, I kind of want to fucking play that. <laughs> I'm going to be
0: honest. It looked fine. I even tweeted, this looks fine. Doesn't belong in Nintendo World Championships. <laughs> looks fine. Right. Because the whole crowd was deflated. It was another, all right, let's have freaking 10 minutes of this as now you're down to 12 competitors uh, instead of 16 for this round. So now we got to go through multiple rounds of this. And it was just one of those things where it was like, again, I was like, okay, okay. And the crowd didn't care. Uh, this wasn't like, I thought Star Fox would have been a cool reveal to do a mini sort of game like they did back, you know, at, at, one of the, um, uh, the, at the Blockbuster Championship in the store all right, so those losers that lost their blast ball game, uh, which again looks fun, don't think it belongs to NWC. Go down to the underworld. Second underworld round was really cool challenge. This is the one I do not have a huge amount of experience with. This is the one I would have faltered at. Was you had to uh, super, uh, super metroid, you had to kill Mother Brain and escape in the fastest time. Oh, that would have been perfect for speedrunners, ideally. You would think that, but then two couldn't even defeat Mother Brain and died. I could have done that with confidence. Could have beat Mother Brain. Getting out, we'll see. Not to rely on my platforming, having never uh, played a lot of uh, Super Metroid, uh, so two guys almost made it out, and then one w- made it out and one. Um, that was actually the most exciting part of the uh, up to the end, the most exciting part of the entire. That's kind of
1: that kind of sucks though, because the it came down to the one who lived, not like. You know, are we gonna have?
0: Are we gonna well, come oh, no. down to a
1: game of seconds? Well, no, well,
0: well, two, two didn't even kill a mother brain, which to me was like well, you could even. I mean, it's, it's not extremely hard to kill mother brain, is it? You could jump and shoot missiles and stuff, right? Um, so then the two escape, and then the one was going up. The other one and I couldn't remember if one got before or one hit the lava, but one won. And so basically, two out of the four only made it out. Um, third game, uh, which was should have been I tweeted this should have been the leadoff game, the one that in my mind should have been Mario Kart Eight was the leadoff game. Should have been the one to lead... Uh, excuse me, was the game there? It should have been in the lead-off because it's not... First of all, you can have freaking eight people do it at once if you want to, and plus it's still individually based. Yeah. They did it in sets of four, which was fine, but then they did a cool thing, because now you're done to eight, only eight remaining sets of four, and then it was three races for each set, and then it was the highest number of points overall for all eight, which is probably the most fair way you can do it. Explain that again. So three cups, you mean? Oh, no, you do three races. Three, three races. Three total races. Just races. Just three okay. races. Uh for, for one set of four and the other set of four and then it just compiled the, the number of points and so the top I think four or five moved on from there. Top four moved on. Does that make so sense? So
1: four people raced and four people raced at yes. separate times?
0: Yes. Okay. Four against each other then four against oh, I get, okay, sh- they're that's... not racing they're racing for points total points so then the top four out of all eight moved on. Okay, gotcha. Which is the most fair way to do that. Yeah. Exciting races they did, they did 200cc then, Ooh. <laughs> I'm stuck at 200cc. I probably... I, that's where... I, I Up to this point, If I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I would have done pretty well at this tournament. To there, I'd be like, unless I fucking caught on really quickly, I would have been... If it was 150cc, I would have done well. 200, I probably would have been skidding my teeth. Probably would have taken until the second race to get used to it. Might have made it through. But I definitely would have made it made it through the Underworld for the third one, because you know what it was? Balloon Trip. Oh, yeah. I and this is where... I got annoyed and
1: angry. Someone actually t- uh, tweeted me that, because I was like, I, I, was like I, I can do Balloon Trip. I mean, I usually flub it on the marathon, but I always do. But, I mean, I can play that, and you can. For, I, I mean, We've we, we
0: done it on No Sleep. I've yeah. done break 1, Not Getting Killed, No Sleep. Yeah. They f- fucking sucked at Balloon Trip. Uh-huh. They were getting knocked out within seconds, at first. At second? No. I'm, not, I'm not joking. No. So, at this point, I'm like, okay. Mm. I understand if you never saw... I, I would have had probably problems with me, with uh, Super Metroid. I understand that. You're not going to know every single game. But to not have the competency to last even 10 seconds at Balloon Fight... Shows me... First of all, you never played the game before in your life.
1: It's like a one and a half
0: button game when you're playing Balloon Trip. Second, you don't have the dexterity to master even... Not not saying you got to survive all the way through. You couldn't even master for even 30 seconds or a minute to, to last. I'm like... Okay, I have reservations. Now I have reservations about who they chose uh, Nintendo to show up to this competition. Right. Who they handpicked? Uh, I was sort of like, okay, I knew I could have kicked ass. So what they had to do with balloon trip wasn't—it wasn't even the one that lasted the longest. Otherwise, the game would have lasted literally, literally 15 seconds before uh, four of them were basically gone. Just about. I think they took the highest overall score from your from your three minute run. Mm. So if it was me, I probably would have died once in a minute. Then after that, would have lasted until the end. And they, whatever, if the score keeps going. Then that's fine. So you, you know can I mean? play
1: for three minutes, and, if the high, you... and the highest score is the one they
0: take. So obviously you don't die; you're going to score higher because you yes. keep going, grabbing the balloons, and you get whatever, ten points a second, whatever it is, mm-hmm. until it increases. I'm going to edit this back in. We forgot that there was Smash Brothers Melee. Excuse me, Smash Brothers. Oh, Wii U. right. Okay. There was Smash of Brothers course. Wii you before people kill us. Jesus. And I'll just comment on this. On the, again, pr- it was team based, right? They did it team based. No, no. It, it, it was. The, I think it was the top. It was top winners of the eight. The, that oh, was okay. bef- that was right before the final knockout the top uh, winners uh, score overall but they added in something that was strange hmm. i guess last year at the treehouse thing reggie challenged in an offhand way he said i'm going to kick your ass to a a, a a good smash brothers player so they they had reggie uh come out fizzemate crowd loves reggie who doesn't um and then he he played against this, uh, this guy, who's, I guess, a professional, he says he's an engineer, and they had a match. So you figure, okay, this will be entertaining. They basically did, did it to show off uh, Ryu being a new... It was an advertisement to show off Ryu being a downloadable uh, character, which I can talk about that on its own, how I think that's weird. But whatever, it's cool. You can download Ryu and play him as a character yeah. in a Smash Bros. game. The problem is that, obviously, Reggie had never played a game of Smash Brothers in his life, and hadn't even prepared enough to put on a show... At there. We're talking he got knocked off and didn't know how to jump up to get back on the platform. I'm not talking he didn't know the advanced moves. I'm talking he didn't know the basic moves that you should know within playing the game for 5-10 minutes. Eh. So it just came off kind of weird. And there was a really bad, awkward moment at the end that some people got bent out of shape over. I thought it was just weird. I thought it made both uh, this guy and Razor look bad. At the end uh, at the game, in a spirited, uh, kind of funny way... Uh, the, this guy, probably 30 year old guy said to Reggie, he said, you suck at Smash Brothers to Reggie fils me on stage and I was like, oh! And then Reggie was taken aback, I think, honestly and he he actually said well, you play video games for 16 hours a day, I run it I basically run a company Oh, which was kind of an ugly statement to say to millions of people that play a lot of video games Kind of, sort of a, a dickish move from both of them. I hate to say it. I don't want to get a Reggie's bad side, but I was like, that wasn't the best way to handle a situation like that. That sounds like a mess all around. It's like, that was sort of. I, I know you wanted to advertise everything. You wanted to get every single inch of advertising space at this event that you possibly could, and squeeze every dollar out for your DLC for First Man. Because I had no idea where you was coming out as as a downloadable character. That was not the proper way to do that. That no. that's just my thoughts on that. Uh, and so uh, at this point I sort of tapped out uh, for, for a number of reasons Because obviously it, this was a huge advertisement For uh, Blast Ball But a huge advertisement for Splatoon Which just came out even though they didn't need to advertise Splatoon um, And then you were advertising Obviously Super Mario Maker um, the, They were really fun levels The yeah. Super Mario Maker levels They were fun um, The guy who won uh, Johnny, I think Johnny Number Die um, numbers, yeah, I did see that. Which was, sounds like he's a member of the mafia. I love but that. Die num- numbers, right? Anyway, you know, he's, he's running the numbers <laughs> in the back. Um, very, ver- did very well. Figured out a lot, of, a lot of it. Some of it, they even some of the commentators have said, looks like he's played this before, almost from how well he he had the instincts for it nice. to know what probably would occur if he jumped and then knocked off one shell. Not he knew enough to do it. Not that like, the other guy was bad, but he was obviously just tops. Um, so he wins. He gets a cool gold trophy. Runner-ups gets assigned Miyamoto 3DS. Don't really talk to the the winner at all or loser. And there you go. There's your four hours gone from the 10-hour championships. <laughs> I'm so glad one, I didn't really tune uh, in. So I have issues just because they they really did little to connect it to the original. Besides having the same Loco. They had Thor uh, Ackerlin and Jeff Hansen, two of the winners, show up. And they oh, fl- Thor Ackerland did show up. They, they literally flashed them in the crowd for literally four seconds, and that was it. Um, so they didn't really... There was no historical context that I liked. uh, Not saying you have to dwell on the original competition, but the original Nintendo World Championships in 1990 was more of a, I want to say, I hate to be cheesy, it was a gaming and cultural celebration. Um, They weren't games that they were showing off for the first time. They were games that the kids loved. Now, obviously, Nintendo was making money off of the Power Fest. They were charging admission to get in. But that was a, a different feeling than this. This was, like I said, just an infomercial... Yes, was it cool Nintendo did it? Of course it was cool. They did not have to do this. But Nintendo got their money's worth in pushing their, the games they wanted to push. That was the issue I had with this, uh, overall. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not sure what else you can say uh, about it besides that. I'll see you in 2040. I'll be in a wheelchair. And then you know maybe I'll qualify for that one.
1: Yeah, I just think yeah. I guess my biggest problem with it, just from hearing about it, is the 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 larger focus on team based gameplay to eliminate some of the contenders. I I don't so much have a problem with like Splatoon just shouldn't have been picked. As much as I love it, no, and and I'm a massive fanboy at this point. But like, it just doesn't make any sense from a spectator perspective and the team perspective. Same if Blast Ball is team based, same. Um... Mario Kart Eight makes perfect sense. That so, makes perfect it, sense. And all of the underworld challenges sound like they would have been perfect challenges for, you know, what, what, you know, to I, stay it, in to, it. To, to like, yeah, I mean, I mean it, you, it, it, it
0: if, tests individual player skill. If you if you had to d- delegate the old school games, just to being the knockout ones, the final knockout. I'm okay. I'm actually okay with that. I'm not saying oh they should have Legend of Zelda being a main game, but having the team based stuff was just a killer. Sure. To, to start it off that way I, again. I gotta rely on you. If you suck at this game, though, no, I'm out. Like, how is that fair to them? How is it fair to the individual competitors? And plus, it was kind of lame. This, I thought this, was, I thought this event was going to be over an hour and a half, almost four hours. I'm like, holy shit, it shouldn't be a half hour playing Splatoon or a half hour playing Mario Kart. You know, what I mean, it should be, it should be as much as possible head to head, play at the same time, go. Yeah, I figured it would be a lot snappier. Was this? Well, no, it definitely was not snappy. <laughs> it was anti-snappy. On a slightly more
1: positive note. Um, there's a museum in Rochester, New York, near my hometown, uh, <laughs> called the Strong, and uh, they have a video game Hall of Fame. And I, th- I believe this is the first this is the first year that they did any in- inductees for it. Mm-hmm. And the induct, I mean, I can tell you uh, from sitting around with Pat that even narrowing down the important games in a single year for the video game years takes forever. So, I can only imagine how hard it must have been to pick what you think are the most important games to go into your first year of inductees in a Hall of Fame for video games. It's like the first
0: year they do it for anything. It's yeah. tough to narrow it down.
1: However, I honestly think they kind of na- knocked this out of the park. You have okay. Pong, Pac-Man, Tetris, Super Mario Brothers, Doom, and World of Warcraft. Why do right. I think this is so great? Pong kind of kick-started it. Pac-Man revolutionized it. Tetris was a phenomenon. Super Mario Brothers changed the way we looked at video games. Doom did that as well and basically brought on the first person shooter genre. I'm not saying any of these things were necessarily the first, although a lot the of them important. were, but they're the most important. Yes. And then World of Warcraft, I mean I can't like give a shit about it, but, but like or not, it's a phenomenon. It was a phenomenon in it's, the first truly accepted, largely played MMO.
0: That's still played over ten years later somehow.
1: So and then and then and then there was uh there was a, that was from a field of 15 finalists, which were no, no worse. Angry Birds, you can knock on that all you want, but that has completely changed how people game. It, it For mobile? Mobile-ing. Yeah,
0: I would say if, um, <laughs> if you look at this from a total historical perspective, eventually that would get in. FIFA,
1: why not Madden? Because FIFA is universally loved. Madden is only played in the United States. The Legend of Zelda, of course. That'll get in at some point. Sure. Minecraft, obviously. The Oregon Trail, I mean, everyone's favorite educational game that's actually fun to play. Pokemon, phenomenon, but beyond uh, just very, you know, it, it was one of those first... When the technology was still crude, it was one of those first very social games. Um, you know, The Sims, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Space Invaders, the most important yeah. game
0: of all time. So, there... <laughs> I love you, Norm. Um, <laughs> so, so you have, uh, this is, this video games, if they do six a year, you're going to have 25 years before you start even beginning to run out of ones that, you know, you can put in there. Yeah. You, you, year 15, you'll get to Civilization. You know what I mean? It'll take right. you that far to get in there. Or, or, or you know... I'll uh, think about of, think of like King's Quest I'll make it in at some point You could have
1: splashed another five titles up there probably You know what, for the first year For the
0: first year, you can make an argument For the first year, starting like this. like you probably should have went Double, to make sure you Pack it in, otherwise people will be waiting 20 years Now, then again, it's how widely accepted Is this going to become versus Because anyone can start their own Hall of Fame is, But this is a brick and mortar? Yeah, so it's a real museum It's a real museum in Rochester, which uh, Cold as hell in Rochester not as close buff almost went to college air. thank god I didn't um, yeah I have no problem with any of these picks uh, again you know like you said Pong there you go Pong Along well, stolen from you know from the, the brown box but if you want to say Odyssey and Pong put them together extremely important yeah. first time people are playing video games put them in in public to play put them on, putting the Odyssey on TV and people scratch their head it was, what, what's that they're all oh, playing uh, uh, you know TV tennis which is Pong no. You know, um, extremely important uh, Pac-Man uh Culturally, uh, most important game ever. Uh, first, first icon of video games. We talked about Pac-Man first 30th anniversary a month ago. Uh, Tetris first. I'd say widely accepted amongst all gamers, young and old, male and female. Uh, first, very portable video game that was huge. Um, and first, first puzzle and, and, game that was, first, I was say, huge. Pers-
1: First puzzle game that really set a mold that many followed for years. You know, with the, the pit-based falling block sort of game. Super
0: Mario Brothers uh, didn't wasn't the first, but firmly established a platformer and, and a living, breathing world that people forget about. Before that, it was sort of like yeah, yeah, uh, Jungle Hunt. Okay, there's somewhat of a some world there. We're not talking expansive world with secrets and going under underworld and underground. Um, and then Doom, not the first again, first person shooter, but really had the biggest impact by mm-hmm. far, way more than even Wolfenstein 3D did. Um, and then of course World of the Warcraft, we spoke about before. So no, great list. I I don't have a problem with this at all. Um, it, it looks like the final selections will be made advice on the advice of journalists, scholars, and other individuals 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 familiar with the history of video games and their role in society. Come on, call on Pat and Ian we, it's like the Hall of Fame. You know, they they get sports writers and they get the Veterans Committee. We can be the Veterans Committee, can't we? <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll be like, uh, we'll, we'll figure out there's a game that was that was cheating, but then 20 years later, like the Veterans Committee, maybe you can vote on them or not. And right. kick them out. So Barry Bonds, you're not getting in from the sports writers. Maybe 20 years from now, the veterans will, will let you in, but probably not because they're harder on you. Anyway. I just want to briefly mention the Mega Man Digital Collection. Um,
1: and, digital. And I will, I'm actually, I'll I'll come right out and say that I'm, pretty excited for it because a lot of people are 50-50 but I'll get into that Um, so it recollects the first six Mega Man games so it collects the NES series of Mega Man games Uh they are not using emulation they are basically recoding it natively so that it is it runs better on current hardware it's going to
0: be on PS4 Windows, Xbox One and a 3DS release to follow in the winter coming out this summer on the other ones So, it's going to run better
1: and look better, even though they're not really changing the graphics, but what you will get is 1080p resolution and things like that. How is that possible? I'm just going to ask, but okay. I I
0: don't know. It's 256 times 240 resolution. How do they... You can't blow up resolution, but whatever. only only you can do is smooth out the pixels, if you want to.
1: Well, they're probably
0: doing that, too. All I
1: know is that all the video I saw of it looked really good running on whatever it was running on. Um... But it's six good Mega Man games, and yes, you've bought them time and time again. However, there are people like me who didn't buy the re-releases for the 3DS. Uh, who didn't. I, I, I've long lost my Mega Man collection, and I would like to play these again. For 15 bucks. that's not bad, and I say that because no. it's not even so much the games that I'm excited about. It is the tons and tons of art documents and design documents that they're including In-game with it. In-game museum. Yes, and all of the challenges look really cool. So I watched a little bit of streaming today of it. Actually, I just happened upon a, a link and um, I clicked it and I, I watched a little like ten minutes of stre- of, of people streaming it at a E3. And they're talking about how well. Okay, since it's not, it's going to be basically exactly the same as the original games, but there's probably going to be enough minor, tiny, tiny differences that speedrunners aren't going to love it. So what they did was, is they added in this whole slew of challenges, like boss rush modes for each one, um, there's modes where you just learn how to fight the yellow devil one on one, um... And all sorts of these like timed challenges, and they're all timed, and you post your best scores, so you get all these leaderboards. Too. So, so to to, to video to... replays—that's yeah. a cool idea. So to sidestep this whole, well, maybe speedrunners won't want to speedrun these games because the Mega Man one through six—they're really popular with speedrunners. They give you a whole new reason to play it because they're giving you a whole new set of challenges to speedrun. On top of the fact that it has the museum and all the soundtracks and stuff. So, I mean, the extra stuff alone is pretty enticing no, to me.
0: This is exactly, whenever we spoke about before with the, the rare uh, replay, this is where I'm at with these uh, uh, re releases. Um, I always get on the Nintendo eShop, Wii Shop, whatever, for charging 6 to $8 for like an N64 game or Super Nintendo game or whatever. $3 per game, and this is cheaper than $3, is extremely reasonable, and that's more where my price point should be at older games that you're basically slapping a, a new paint of coat on and putting out there. Because you'll sell the hell out of them. Sure. It, uh, for $15, you, you know what? You have me interested in this. and the, You even don't even Mega like Mega Man. Man. No, but the fact that they're putting... Uh, the price point works. Six games. Challenge mode. Video replay. That's really cool that you can probably see other people's highlights. Like, yeah. That's just good. That's just... It's just thought out. I, I, um, got, I got
1: I gotta hand it to Capcom. I got to that's, hand that's, it way, it. that's way more thought out than I
0: would have expected from them. You know, you cancelled like eighteen Mega Man games, but you you given us this. <laughs> so you, the Mega Man fans are there, you'll you'll be happy about it. You know? I'll now, play. I'll play the hell Now over. is there a version for nine dollars? I only get the first three games. That's what I'm looking for. Like, <laughs> fuck the last three, but okay. you, don't, you don't even like three. <laughs> um no no this is cool. This is this is this is where you're at. So if this does well, it was if this does well enough, will this main mean a new Mega Man game. You think or Capcom's be like no, it, 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 <laughs>
1: Capcom's just program
0: gonna... something new? <laughs> pff, are you crazy? No, <laughs> we've, we've, we're working on Street Fighter Five. That's all we got time for. Street Fighter Five Ultimate Zero One is edition. Um, Street Fighter Five hasn't come out at all yet. So oh, so that's so, a year away. will be the Ultra Magnum No edition. It, no, the, special. It's
1: not a new. It, it has a, it, special it, Rainbow it, it Bright version. It hasn't come out. It's a new game.
0: Oh, okay. It's not four. Q and A time. Q and A. Gosh darn. By the way, guys, we did get stuff in the mail. We're, we are going to. We didn't have time this week. We are going to open it up in two weeks from now. Pat's uh,
1: being really nice. I'm a jackass and left one of the
0: packages at work. So, well, I'm nice to you every day. But if you want to send this stuff to the CU Podcast, it is Pat Country CU Podcast care. Of Pat Country, PO Box seven six nine five, San Diego, California nine two one six seven, and we'll open it up. On the show in the future. This is from at Dave Van Damnet. Could be my best, uh, my, my my most favorite uh, Twitter name. This is my this favorite question
1: of all time too. Um,
0: should we <laughs> use the standard CU podcast topics hashtag? Why, yes, you should. Please because, understand. And on Twitter, in the I understand on Facebook, you guys hate me for not checking, but do you understand that Facebook is so goddamn cumbersome to use? And plus, it's both me and Ian checking on the fly. I don't want it to go through Facebook and, and scroll down and look for s- stuff. I just don't like it. And plus, it helps spread the word of the CU podcast on Twitter via. CU podcast topics for that hashtag. But if you want to talk about the podcast on its own, sure use the regular CU podcast hashtag. Is that enough advertisement? I have dinosaur hands. Uh,
1: Blue Jester. What just w- did what was the first video game ending you remember being disappointed with? I don't even have to think about that. Rampage. My buddy and I spent four and a half hours fucking beating Rampage when we were like 10 or 11. And holy shit, at the end you just get the, the uh, picture of the map and they fall down and it says congratulations and you see Lizzie and George and then the credits roll. And we, I mean, I literally it's the first trolled. time I remember being like, oh my, yeah, that's the first time I was trolled. I was like, we wait... We didn't play outside for this?
0: Be sure to drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> um, I remember... Well, I was disappointed. I, I I love it more and more as time goes on, but uh, well, probably because I saved up you know, allowance for nine months to buy it, but Three Stooges. Simple one-screen ending. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't get the best ending until I was older. I, yeah, I saved that orphanage. Didn't get enough for repairs or to get married to the three broads, but I, I would say that orphanage, but that was it. It was like n- no All funny right. quip from... from uh, Larry Moe Curly it was just that was it I was sort of like oh that was sixty bucks for that electronic boutique well spent and this is sixty bucks in nineteen eighty nine dollars remember it's a lot of that's like one hundred twenty dollars for for a kid that's that's like you're gonna cry yeah when that happens. so uh, other than that it's hard to remember uh, as a kid because honestly a lot of the NES games I I, I didn't uh, didn't beat because a lot of them that I rented I couldn't beat in a weekend or if I did it was it was like eh, crappy endings but. You know what, I, I, had no, I had no problem with the Legend of Zelda endings, I thought they were fine, I thought they were good, they gave yeah. me satisfaction, even the Super Mario Brothers one Short, was fine. Short,
1: sweet, just, just perfectly okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't really comment on any modern endings, because I don't fucking beat any of the games that I play. I haven't beaten Mario Kart mm-hmm. 8 yet. Oh no, I have, yeah, you get the little little yeah. credits, which is fine. Yeah. Um, King of Fighters 12. I mean, but that was a botched job and a half. There is no endings. I mean, King of Fighters relies on its story so much, and there was no endings in 12. It's like, oh yeah, SNK is broke. Nick By- Beisel at Filmy's Nick. How often do you go back to games you've beaten previously, whether for nostalgia or just pure enjoyment? That's so it. I actually like that one.
0: Um I I th- we we chose it for the podcast so we, I hope you like that question. <laughs> well I but I don't remember choosing it. Well, that, that just magically appeared. That, that's why you hired me. Um I think this is like almost like comfort food. Mm-hmm. Y- you want to go back and play Contra because you know you know it inside out. It just feels good. It gives you that warm feeling of just running through that game and spread fire the hell out of those those bastards. Um but the ones today I go back to um they're probably I hate to say it, they're ones that either will be quick for me to get through again or ones that I'll play for like 10 minutes and be like just get recapture that feeling again. Whether it's Mike Tyson's punch out roll through the first three guys, beat, you know, beat piston Honda. There you go. That feels good. Just to do that again. Um, otherwise it, it's tough for me to do that cuz I don't have a lot of time to play games for pleasure anymore. Uh, so I don't know if you want to throw out a, a few that you like to go back to besides yeah. Rampage.
1: No, there's there's I can pick three games real easily that I'd like to go back to um, quite a bit. Uh, I, actually, there's a fourth one that I, I that that kind of has snuck its way in in recent years. Um, Ducktales is definitely one that I go back to all the time. Um, Jet Set Radio is one that I've beaten more times than I can count. Uh, and then Killer7 is one of my favorites of all time as well uh, I've beaten that quite a number of times I buy basically every copy that comes into Luna and then I usually give them away to friends and then El Shaddai uh, a s- pretty little known um, weird 3D beat up for the PS3 and the 360 loosely based on the book of Enoch which is a non-canonical uh, wow, really? book of the bible um, in Apocrypha. which Apocrypha in in which uh, Satan is played by a guy in a fancy suit and a cell phone, and he's your friend, and he's the save point, because he's not evil yet. And it is just a graphically mind-blowing game, and much like Killer7, I like going back to these games that have these really unclear stories, because I pick up or notice new things every time. So those are, I mean, those are a lot of games that I go back to pretty frequently. Um, On the Nintendo, I also really like... All the Disney games basically strangely are games that I will go back to a bunch and strangely you love Disney I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Disney property fan I just like the park but the games are fantastic They're, they're almost, if you, you have to like the properties if you go to the park a lot I guess I do to a degree but I can't tell you the last time I watched a you Disney know, like show a, or a Disney movie
0: now I'm looking at Paperboy is a game that I like that's like a comfort game to me Paperboy that's a
1: good one and Mappyland is a real co- oh Jesus Christ City Connection oh, yeah. City yeah. Connection we'll just, I can play forever we'll just run
0: down the NES library and Mappyland
1: we'll those are two games that I can just play forever too <laughs>
0: All right, so that's my big bowl of mashed potatoes. And, and, and you know, I'll throw in a little Danny, of course. little Danny.
1: Hey, Pat, how mu- Oh, Paul. At Hi, Paul. Kanacha.
0: Hey, Pat. How much improper in your videos? Any examples you can share? This is, um... It's tough just because... Uh, I was talking about Pat Danny's punk videos, which there will be a new one coming out. Um, the, I do work those into the rotation, believe it or not. I did, I have shot one. Just got to edit it. Um, It's interesting because they'd scripted... But there's times when I'm shooting and then I will stumble upon something that seems better. Usually when I'm with someone like Frank or if I shot with you, you haven't been in one in two years. You're overdue. You're way overdue to be in a video. Um, or with James, we'll discover something and write it in and it'll be funny. Um, so, for example, the, the the entire combat exchange that I did with James in the Nintendo World Championships uh, video back from 2000... Wow, 11. Holy crap, that's a long time ago. That was... That was improv that first, and then we said, okay, that's funny. Let's expand that, and this is how it should work. So it's not necessarily improv directly. It's more like stumbling (laughs) upon a good idea that's funny and then quickly in your head at least writing it as something, okay, let's redo that.
1: You hit it in a take, and then you make it... uh, you flush it out, and then you do it. Yes. You do it for real.
0: Yes. So if we're talking about something like video game years, where me and Eater are fucking goofballs, 99% of that is off the cuff, just because we're just... I would even add
1: a ninety nine I would add a point nine there's been t-
0: but there has been times for the example where it's not pre-planned but we'll say something funny yeah there was okay that was funny so let's just redo that again and clean it up and it's funny right but it's still not pre-written it's just that we sort of it's it still I guess is improv to an extent even if you it's accidental it's accidental uh creativity it's not fucking uh stoic oh I'm gonna say a lot I'm gonna look at my partner this this is this isn't this is natural. Yeah. Say your line back to me And then I'll come back I'm going to say my line and go on And mm. demand I keep it in the video Oh <laughs> Shots um, what's, what's that? <laughs> uh,
1: At Chris If someone asked 10 year old Pat or Ian What they wanted to be when
0: they grew up What would it have been? I wanted to be I. You know what? If I go back home to New Jersey, or it might be, it actually, might be somewhere. I, I it might be somewhere in my garage. There's a picture of me drawing myself six years old in a suit, shooting an Uzi at a robber because I wanted to be an FBI agent. I swear to God, <laughs> uh, mine were a lot
1: different than that. <laughs> um, I think my first memory of like. You know, because they ask you that sort of thing, like in school. You know, it's like a little project. Four years old, five years old. Yeah, I think the first thing I ever said. I swear to God, I remember it because I remember drawing like a zebra. I said I wanted to be a zookeeper. (laughs) I wanted to be a zookeeper, and animals. But in, I wanted to take care of animals. But when I was ten, um, like if if you to answer the question directly, at the age of ten, I firmly wanted my future career to be a cartoonist. By the time I was 13, I firmly realized that I couldn't draw for fucking (laughs) shit, so I abandoned that
0: one. You know what's funny is that it didn't really morph after that. It was always just FBI agent, FBI agent, and sort of blank. I didn't really, in my teenage years, have anything I wanted to be, which probably was good and bad, because I didn't know have a focus. I was sort of a jack-of-all-trades, which is is what I kind of am now, besides always liking to write. Um, So... Uh, yeah FBI agent, it was literally me drawing a guy shooting, I even drew the bullet going after the robber <laughs> with the bank of money. <laughs> Nowadays if you do that you get in trouble because <laughs> yeah. you, you can't draw a guy with a gun because you're going to shoot up the school or something. Okay, um and then at N. Korwalski What games do you wish you had as a kid? And I guess meant ones that you didn't have but you wish for Nintendo Power I really, really wanted Super Mario Brothers 2 like, I'm talking, like, one Chris. the Christmas I asked for Zelda 2, I asked for Zelda 2 and Super Mario 2. And it was strange because just that I ended up getting Zelda 2, which is the horrific story of it arriving four months later and me crying every day because Sears somehow couldn't get it to me uh, until April. Anyway, um, but Super Mario 2 I even enjoyed probably even more than Zelda 2, even though I love Zelda 2 as well. Uh, but Super Mario 2, I remember renting that game at least four or five times as a kid. Wasn't that good at, at it as a kid? Probably couldn't get past the fourth world as a kid. Nowadays can beat it. Then I couldn't, but I just love Super Mario Brothers two, uh, with all my heart. And I for that was probably the biggest game that I should have owned and didn't as a kid. Uh, that and probably Ninja Gaiden, but Ninja Gaiden used to always borrow from my friend or rent it, so that sort of it it But Super Mario two was the one that I would always want to reread. I, you know, what? it's funny. Um, I can think of three and
1: uh, it was Mario 2 was one of them um, somehow we, we skipped that one and I remember renting it and I liked it but my parents played video games at the time too and they I don't think they particularly cared for Mario 2 maybe it was just too different for them so that was actually a game that I didn't get until I started buying games again for myself Okay. Um, the other one I actually mentioned it earlier is a comfort game Um, was Mappyland. I rented Mappyland a billion times as a kid, but never got it. And, I mean, I can't imagine that it was widely available in stores, you know, I mean, by the time that I discovered it and liked it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you gotta understand, I mean, just like modern day, you know, a, a smaller title comes out, you don't buy it within the first six months of its release, it becomes harder to find. So, you know, even though my parents obviously saw that I kept renting this one game, I didn't get that one until I started going to flea markets either. And this is a weird story. Um, deadly Towers. And the reason why... What? Yes. I was always a scared little kid. That's shocking. No, it's not. That's I um, said it yeah, so that's, I was just trying to cut down your joke. Um, my parents actually bought me Deadly Towers for Christmas one year. Okay. But they were like, you know, it's got, like, vampires and this stuff in it, and I looked at the back and I was like, eh, I don't... You felt too, too scared they, to they, get it? They, well, they were like, you know, my mom's... Because I was young, and my mom was like, you know, if you think it's going to be too scary, we can exchange it and you can get a different game. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how I ended up getting uh, Donkey Kong Classics. And I really liked Donkey Kong Classics. Like, I had a a blast with it. My parents thought I was weird for picking that one, but I really enjoyed the shit out of it. Not so much Donkey Kong, but I i, I mean, to this day, I think Donkey Kong Jr. is just fantastic. Um, but, you know, I, they on the back of the box, I remember the screenshots of uh, Deadly Towers looking really freaking cool as a kid. And I was always curious about that game. Always growing up. Never knew any friends who had it. And, you know, it was pre-internet, pre-people bashing it in magazines or online and all I was left with was wondering what the hell the game was actually like. Because my mom had a friend who really liked that game. I mean, I actually actually don't hate that game either. I really don't. Um, But she had a friend who really liked it, so like as the years went on, I kept wondering, like, did I make a mistake by not picking this game? So no, I think you did fine. I did fine. I mean, at the, in general, yes, I did fine. But you know, I did end up later picking it up, and at first, I was like, oh, this is crap. But you know, after repeated times playing it, I really don't hate
0: that game. I think it's okay. The, the I guess it's good and bad that you once you get older. Once I got into my teens, I, I moved over into PC. So whatever game I wanted, I could buy myself. Yeah, I can go to. I used to love going to computer shows. Remember computer shows? Mm-hmm because computer shows... Do you remember
1: standalone computer stores that were just like like I, little tiny one-room ones that were whatever. I, I know, i cry. Good, good old days. Yes. yes.
0: But computer shows were great, uh, besides all the computer porn you can get when you're 15, 16 and probably shouldn't be able to buy it. Um, the discount on games. I remember buying Privateer uh, 2. Um, I, I don't think I bought it in the store. I got it uh like fifteen dollars cheaper than retail somehow because because they would break up like all the OEM stuff like like all like the Sound Blaster CD package they would take the games out illegally and like plop like ten bucks down or fifteen bucks so you're buying forty dollar games sometimes for twenty bucks fifteen bucks it was fantastic well, computer show that's a whole other conversation I'm getting off topic but uh, you know but at that just to finish that that
1: strain of thought though unlike. At, especially at that point in time. Like I mean, if you took a PC gamer magazine and held it next to another game magazine, the PC Gamer magazine is this big. Why? Because PCs are starting to explode mm-hmm. and there's just there's that much more games being pumped out too. You have way more choice yes. than you did on console so the prices drop rapidly.
0: Uh, so I'm not sure how what to do the topic but I think we're going to have we're not going to have to com- we'll have to do a computer show uh, cuz I used to go to computer shows all the time in the mid to late 90s up to the early 2000s before they unfortunately started to die out buying the shareware from like the CD desks like the CD tables uh, off to the side. Oh yeah but we're talking even past that point <laughs> yeah, where you're yeah. talking full software that's just Somehow fifty percent cheaper. Oh, I know. Yeah,
1: you know, because and
0: this is retail. This isn't stolen stuff. Somehow yeah. they just got it. You're know, like, okay. Well, it's like they take the, they take the software that came with like computer bundles. And, yeah, yeah not, they just pull it. Not the big box version. Maybe there's a the small yeah. version. It's like, like, like okay, like, like the mist or the, okay. I'll buy it for fifteen bucks instead of forty. All right, we're done. Okay, we're done. So <laughs> if, we're going to be at too many games next week. Uh, if in Oaks, Pennsylvania, if you want to come out, the twenty sixth or twenty eighth. Um, if you want to buy a ticket and you haven't yet I have the URL here, I can say it on the podcast because Ryan will love me if I do go to manygames.com slash gamer slash punk, and if you use that link and sign up you show support for me and Ian, we appreciate that uh, if you want to sign up for uh, Loot Crate uh, again um, it is lootcrate.com slash podcast, and use promo code Frank to save there get a box of stuff get a box of stuff that you hopefully like and so we are gonna be a too many games, and we'll do some sort of podcast impromptu thing. We're not sure it'll count as a full number in, in the catalog or not. Well, might be a point five. We'll will see. we cover like two topics? Will we just sit on the edge of the stage and informally wrap
1: with you? It could be I, an I hour Q and A
0: with the audience. We'll see. But if not, we'll come back the next Wednesday in two weeks for I believe that'll be the forty eighth or 49th and then we're gonna be, we're gonna be steamrolling towards the fiftieth. So we might have announcements for that. So that'll be cool. So, for Ian Ferguson, I am still Pat Contry. You are. Temporarily. And uh, remember, we're on Stitcher and iTunes. Please uh, subscribe and rate us. That'll help us out there. And, uh, yeah, we've got a Patreon. we got a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash pixelsickhole. So easy to remember. And you can show our support for us there. Kisses. We'll see you later.